Hey, welcome to Marriage Monthly. We are Gabe and Melissa Kolstad, and we love to build healthy, lifelong marriages. That's what we're passionate about. We are excited that you're joining us for this monthly installment of hopefully inspiration, ideas, and fun that will help build your marriage. And so we're going to jump into today's episode. Here we go. What is the number one cause of divorce? It's a good question. I know. You know? Well, I know two. Number one and number two. Okay, what are number one and number two? Infidelity. Infidelity is number one. one. And number two is communication about finances. Yeah, money arguments. Yes, money arguments. Money arguments. (laughs) And, uh, you know, neither one of those are great. And today we're going to focus in on the money side of what often splits couples apart. Yeah. Um, And we've been thinking a little bit together about healthy finances, how they support a healthy marriage. You know, it's tax month, so uh. we figured we'd bring up this topic. Some of you are like, yay, we have money coming back. And some of you are like, no. Most of us are saying I'm no. asking for an extension because we're going to have to pay. Yeah, we did that. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's a pressure time. You know, we're sitting at this time in history when gas is at an all, all-time high price-wise. Um, inflation is unbelievable I know, right my avocados now. are twice the price oh, right now. Oh, everything is so much more. I mean, real estate, cars. Yeah. Uh, education, every, you know, it's like, how do we keep living with this kind of inflation? Yeah. Money pressure is mounting. It's probably not going away. And if you want to build a healthy marriage, you've got to have a healthy approach to finances. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Here's a couple of stats just to kind of get our minds moving. And uh, one is that couples that argue about finances at least once a week are 30% more likely to get divorced. Oh. I think that's interesting. Um, another one, high levels of debt and poor communication lead to stress and anxiety when it comes to finances. Well, that's not a surprise, is it? Right. Uh, I thought this was fascinating. Nearly half of couples with $50,000 or more in debt say money is their top reason for arguing. Mm-hmm. So the more debt you have, the more you argue oh, yeah. about money. Uh, nearly two-thirds of all marriages start in debt. And that's tough. It's a tough mm-hmm. way to start if you're engaged right now. Uh, we want to encourage you minimize all of the expenses because you know carrying debt in a marriage makes a rough start. Yeah. It just does. Uh, one third of people who argue with their spouse about money admit to hiding purchases because they know their partner won't approve. Ooh, <laughs> Ouch! Somebody, again. oh, I know that's a tough one. <laughs> We're gonna be talking about all that stuff, so hang on to your hats. And we do have some really encouraging and helpful stuff to share with you. Um, one of the things I read this week said, marriage is when a man and woman choose to become one. The trouble comes when they have to decide which one. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Like, are we going to be her? Or are we going to be him? Or are we going to be me, me. who? Uh, but we, we live in a culture of independence, and that creates sort of this anti-togetherness in marriage, and it really rears its ugly head with money. We've watched this happen with couples over time. You know, for us, it's always been... Um, you know, something we need to work on to stay together on this. And uh, our training that, you know, we have in our past on this is either zip, you know, <laughs> zero training on money. My kids and I were talking about why don't they make high schoolers learn more about like how to manage a checking account, you know, and how, how to do some of these things. So we often don't have any training or we have unhealthy training, by watching maybe what our parents did or what other couples are doing, whatever. Or just grab a credit card and start racking it up. (laughs) 100%, yeah. So we want to talk about some principles and some practices that will help you win with money. All right, well, principle number one is it's not mine or yours, it's all God's. Mm. 
And I think this is really powerful to think about. I think as a couple, we're always like, no, it's our money. Like it's, you know, this is my money. This is your money. I get this money. It goes in my wallet. This is mine. This is the bill money. And we don't really think about it being all God's money. And so Deuteronomy 8, 18 says, remember the Lord, your God, he's the one who gives you the power to get wealth. Isn't that a cool way to think Mm -hmm. about things? That's really cool. So when we think about wealth and that it's all God's, one of the first things we think about is stewardship. Like that's for sure the very first thing. We need to be good stewards of what God gives us. Don't waste it. Don't blow it. Don't be irresponsible with it. Don't you want your money to make a difference in your life and in other people's lives? I mean, that's like really what we want is to be able to impact people and ourselves with the money that we get. So I personally don't need a lot. I'm a pretty content person. I don't like things. I'm always like, I don't want more stuff. I don't want bigger this or nicer this or anything. I'm pretty, pretty boring in that way. Gifts aren't that big of a deal to me. For me, I'd rather go make a memory. I'd rather go do something cool as a family or as a a couple. But I love the perspective of older people when I think about this because older people, like when you're trying to birthday shop or Christmas shop for older people, it's a nightmare. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Literally like, what do you want for Christmas? Nothing. Well, what can I get you for birthday? Nothing. And it's like, oh my gosh. But I actually love that about them because they get it. It's like they know that relationships matter, spending time together matter. You know, I know older people in my life would rather me take, like my dad, for instance, would much rather me take him out to lunch and have a quality meal together, time together, than give him something. For and sure. I know that. It's yeah. just it's just how it works. And so I love that about, about older people. I think it's endearing. And I think it's important. So, you know, relationships matter in there. But we are called to be stewards of what God gives us. And another thing I want to mention about it being all God's is generosity. Mm-hmm. God was so generous with us. Why would we not be generous with others? And so thinking about that, let's help others when we have the opportunity. Ukraine is in such turmoil right yeah. now. Are you in a place to be able to help at all? Or is it all about your wants, your needs, what you need right now or want? Because a lot of our needs are wants. So, I mean, yeah, the, the perspective on that when you travel um, outside of the U.S. or to a third world huge. country is pretty huge. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. Another thing I was thinking of was be fair. No matter who makes more money, we're still a team and it's all shared and should always be ours, not theirs. Gabe has always been the primary breadwinner in our relationship. And I raised the kids. I I was the stay at home mom. I had a part time job at the church and I made peanuts, but I focused on the home and I focused on kids. But you never made me feel like because you make the money you're more important or you're contributing more. I'm not contributing enough, that kind of thing. And so I appreciate that because I always knew that I was contributing what at the time I was meant to contribute, which was raising the kids and helping keep the home together and all that stuff and throw, you know, my little, little tiny bit of money went to haircuts and clothes and things like that. And that was kind of my part. And now I get to help one of my kiddos in school and that kind of thing with the money. But it's just one of those things that I think is really important. Just be fair. It's not like I make more money than you. So I have more decision power. For sure. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. I, and that really never splits done, couples up. It really does. And yeah. it's so disrespectful. And lastly, we need to respect what God has given us. The Bible says, when you're good with a little bit, he'll give you more. That's mm-hmm. in Matthew twenty five twenty nine, And I love that thought. So be smart with what he entrusts with you. It's all his anyways. We're just stewards of it. So Yeah, that's a great yeah. foundational principle. Yeah. If you build on that, you're going to be moving in the right direction. It's counterculture, yeah. you know, because our culture is really all about pouring as much into yourself as you can. So this is counterculture, yeah. but it really works. But most things God does is counterculture. It's so true. <laughs> He's upside down and backwards all the time. That's right. <laughs> uh, number two, the second principle that we want to share with you is you can't build a unified marriage without a unified budget. And I know that's kind of a strong statement. I'm going to say it again. You can't 
build a unified marriage without a unified budget because money is a part of our daily lives mm-hmm. and it's a part of our future and it's, and it's a part of our security system and there's all of that. And when in Genesis chapter two, God says, that's why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. And uh, I remember hearing this story about this guy who was trying to get a refrigerator through the front door of his house. Mm-hmm. He was pushing and pushing and it just it got, it was stuck. It wouldn't go through. So this guy uh, comes, you know, driving by the house and he pulls up to the curb and he notices what's happening and he, he jumps out and he jumps over to the house and he puts his shoulder into the fridge trying to get it through the front door and he's, he, you know, they, it wouldn't go anywhere. Finally, the guy that was inside the house said, hey, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm trying to push the fridge inside the house. And he goes, in, I was trying to push it out, <laughs> yep. you know? And so uh, sometimes that's a couple. It's like one of us is pushing uh, one way, one of us is pushing another yeah. when it comes to money. And we do that in subtle ways. We, we need to be pushing the refrigerator the same way. Um, <laughs> from the beginning, marriage has been about oneness and uh, we got to get on the same page. So we're going to share uh, some practices with you that really, you know, help to talk about, well, how do you then have a unified budget, um, and how do you be unified in your approach to money? So there's four practices that we want to share with you, and Melissa is going to share the first two. Okay, first one is no secrets. Yeah. This is great. We should have shared bank accounts. Ooh, some people don't like (laughs) that. Controversial. Some people don't like that. Or at least access to private bank accounts. Yeah. Like if you have like a savings account that's set aside for you or whatever, at least your spouse should have access to that. I We recommend always having share your names on both accounts, all accounts. I just think it yeah. makes for less makes it arguing. easier or something. Honestly, too, if something was to happen, it makes it easier. I mean, there's all those advantages. Yeah. So I just feel like that's just asking for trouble when you have these secret bank accounts. I think it's almost looks like you have an escape hatch on your relationship and you're ready to bail and you have your private little stash put aside just in case. And so and we've talked about that before on Marriage Monthlies and that's just a no-no. So no secrets there. Um, also shared goals is something that Gabe and I are huge about. So save up together, plan together, be a team. Our Italy trips have been the funnest stuff mm-hmm. for us to plan. And we've done several Italy trips now and we're planning got one. Got another one coming, coming up. We got another one coming. Our oldest son is getting married um, in May and we're heading over. And it's right around the corner. And so it's been so fun for us to do that, though. I mean, we start out with the date, and then we get the plane tickets, then we go to transportation and Airbnbs, and then the museums and the events. And oh, the you're, and she's the master at the yeah, planning Yeah, I go part. crazy. Yeah. I literally go crazy. But we have the best time, and it really does bring us together. A lot of our Monday dates, because we do Monday date day, um, we'll, like, just start planning an act, planning for a trip or an activity or something like that. And it really just brings us together, and I think it's really important. Yeah, and I think the, the interesting thing about that is because we've set a shared goal— then our conversations are pulled together rather yeah. than trying to go find, and you know, naturally we're going to go find opposite or different interests if we don't plan to have yep. shared ones. And so uh, that kind of helps to this with this no secrets thing yeah. to go, well, most of our conversations right now are about, we're, together. We, we're trying to figure out Italy. We're trying to figure out how to pay for it. We're trying to figure out what we're well, going to do as, when we get there. Well, as you're planning something to this scale or planning an event like this, you have to consider all the finances. Mm-hmm. Right. You figure all the budget at that point because you just can't be like, okay, here's our mortgage and here's our cell bill and here's our Wi-Fi and here's this. And then be like, oh, yeah, we're going to go on a trip. Like, that's just not how that works. Yeah. So you definitely have to be considering all of this when you're putting together budget. So it brings you together. It's fun for your relationship. We just love it. It's so much fun. So do shared goals together. Um, Yeah. And one last thing. Be transparent. Like, this is a huge deal 
for me personally, never hide your passwords or receipts from each other. I think that is just a recipe for disaster, 100%. I mean, again, I'm telling you, no secrets. Don't be hiding that kind of stuff from each other. It just puts a wedge in your relationship. And I would never forget it. You know, if my spouse was like hidden, hiding things from me, and then I'd be like, well, now we just broke down our trust, mm. you know, and it's just going to get worse and worse and it's eroding and that's going to bring divorce. So to me, um, no secrets ever. And another thing is no surprises. We learned this one the hard way several years ago. Well, I mean. It, it was the hard way. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell. I'm telling a story. Okay. Several years ago, I was at a women's conference and Gabe decided to go car shopping without me. And we had it never even. It was the perfect time. We had never even talked about car shopping. I mean, like, I didn't even know that he was wondering about a new car, wanting to get a new car. So I get home from my event, and there's this caravan. It was a caravan, right? It was right? a minivan. It was a minivan. It was a major upgrade from the one that was falling apart. At any rate. But it was one of those things where I was confused, and I was a little offended that he went shopping without me and did this whole thing without me. And I didn't know. I was confused about where the money was going to come from, why he did it without me. You know, it just brought him up a bunch of like, yeah, hey, wait I mean, a second. And, and I that was a while back and I was, was trying to ago. take it off of your plate and <laughs> surprise you. But, you know, I think what I realized was that was a surprise, but not in a good way. Uh, right. Because while it was a much nicer vehicle, it wasn't cheap. And, no. you know, I and think I'm like, Where's you, this felt, money left come out. From? you yeah. felt left out of the process for sure. <laughs> exactly. So, so we learned then big purchases need to be communicated. Yes. <laughs> no surprises there. <laughs> so another thing is be consistent in your financial communication. Talk about your goals, your bills, your giving. Um, what does that look like? Get on the same page and talk regularly. Don't let it be surprises that pop up and then they turn into arguments. So I think if it's a really open communication about stuff, then you're like, oh, hey, did we do that pet bill? Because that was a surprise. Mm -hmm. And that way we know what's going on. And, and that's just Yeah, important. and Melissa, you, you practice this really well because like, let's say, um, you decide that you're going to help one of the kids with clothes or something like that. You, we, it always comes up and like, so here's what I think, how we're going to pay for this, yeah. you know? And, and so it's just a, it's kind of just like a FYI. Yeah. I think this is important and here's how I think we can pay for it. And, you know, it's just appreciated because it, it, yeah. it helps us to know what all's coming. Yep. I think so too. And, and I feel like that it's, it's just respectful mm -hmm. to just talk about it because otherwise it's just disrespectful to just shove your way through. But here's a warning. Don't be extreme about this. I mean, if you want to go buy a pair of socks, I'm cool with that. Gabe went over to Walgreens <laughs> a couple hours ago, got some uh, chapstick because it's Burt's lips, Bees. Burt's Bees. Oh, yeah. yeah. Burt's Bees. And, uh, Sorry, it was a little bit more. And I wasn't even mad about it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, don't be so controlling about this. It, it That also is frustrating. If I can't go get something I need uh, yes. without your permission, it's just like so feels so confining and stressful. Mm -hmm. And then you're walking on eggshells and there's more arguments because you're tense and it's not, it's just not good. So Yeah. And I think one practical way uh, to do that is to set those limits and go like, hey, maybe we give each other a certain amount of play money each week. Uh, let's do whatever you want to with it. You know, you don't have to. We're not going to have a big right. conversation about what you did with it. Um, but just know that there's going to be a limit to that so yeah. that we can stay on track with our goals. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, don't go crazy on the credit cards. Keep those away. Yes, that was another point I had is what is your limit that you can spend without checking in with each other? It's lower when you have less money. It's higher when you have more money. That's just practical. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it when is. we were starting out, we had like $30 a week grocery fund. Yeah. 
we checked with each other about every purchase we ever did because we had yeah. no money. Now we've been married 26 years, a little different. We have more money and now we don't check with each other all the time about everything. But of course, bigger things like we went and peeked at a car yesterday. It was ridiculously expensive and we decided yeah, not, not to do doing it. it. But we would never do that without each other, you know, never chiming again. in. So never again. Never again. Yeah. That's We've learned that. We, yeah. we have learned that. So anyways, <laughs> uh, give some freedom in the small stuff, but don't go crazy about the big stuff without checking in with each other. No surprises and no secrets. Those are the first two. Yes. Okay. And number three, one, accountant. Uh, we've realized this and, you know, usually in a marriage, there's a couple of things. There's there's a spender and a saver in our marriage. Melissa is the spender, and I'm the saver. Oh no! Um, That's no, I not said true. that backwards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. In our marriage, I'm the spender. Melissa's the saver. There's always a spender and a saver, usually. Um, and then there's also somebody who is good with being an accountant, you know, kind of managing finances, and somebody who's not. That's me. And I'm not. so in our marriage, I'm better at like the spreadsheet stuff, mm-hmm. and Melissa's not. She's better at the discipline of once we set the spreadsheet, sticking to it, (laughs) but I can do the spreadsheet. So, you know, we're a team, but we think there should be one accountant because um, somebody at the end of the day has to make sure the bills are paid. Somebody at the end of the day has to make sure that the checkbook, the checking account is reconciled, that the taxes get submitted, you know, some of those things that, that we do have the receipts that we need, you know, if we have to submit receipts for taxes and all of those things. Um, But one person managing the budget is better. Um, speaking of budgets, as you're talking, as we're thinking about being an accountant, I mean, there needs to be a budget and that's something that, well, I'm going to give you a recommendation here in a minute, but you know, the idea that you would know every week, every month, what do we earn? Mm -hmm. Uh, and then what do we owe, you know, and where is it going? And the idea would be, uh, that you would have some sort of system of going like, okay, here's the pay dates that we have. Here's the bill due dates that we have. And, you know, keeping a ledger, you know, it's so easy these days with spreadsheets on Google Sheets or whatever that they can just auto-calculate the numbers, but you just got to follow it so that you you know, you know, because when you go uh, to that that place and you have that meal that you didn't count on, and now your numbers are going to look mm-hmm. different at the end of the Somebody's got to go there and enter that and go, okay, we're not where we thought we were, but there was some buffer over here, and so we're still going to be okay. Dave Ramsey, I think, is a great uh, guy to follow on this. Yeah. He says, name every dollar. So if at the end of the month of your projections, you've got $773 extra, um, he would say, don't do that because your likelihood is you're just going to blow that 773. As opposed to if you say, well, since there's extra, we've been needing to put some money into a new washing machine, or we've been needing to put some money into savings, or, you know, that gives us a chance to catch up over here, or we've been wanting to do that thing to to bless that family or to give over here. And you can take, he says, name every dollar. Um, you know, uh, not to get too into this, but obviously we need to have a long-term savings plan, a short-term savings plan. And so all that stuff matters, but there should be one accountant in the, in the mix and stay, stay on top of it as you have weekly communication. We think that's so important. Like just this weekly checkpoint of like, how's it going? Where are we? Um, especially as things come up, there can be rhythmic communication and there can be things that are triggers when there's a reason to talk about something so you don't have to have one or the other, uh, but there can be that ongoing com- communication. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing that we know. You're always going to have to course correct when it comes to money. We, we, we make our plans and they do not work. I mean, they get us moving in the right direction, but we constantly have to course well, correct those there's plans. There's surprises when there's medical things yeah. that we weren't expecting or somebody needed to buy some new glasses or mm-hmm. somebody, you know, or daughter's in college. Just like those are all surprises sure. sometimes that you're like, oh, man, we got to come up with some money. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, and then the fourth little practice that we want to talk about is set it and forget it. And we love this one. It's basically about automating. Automation. You know, yes. automate everything that's possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. We I was so frustrated for so many years because for some reason I could not figure out how to automate one bill in our oh, yeah. life. There was one bill. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, we have a checkbook still, but I realized I had written, written like seven checks in two years or something like that. And most of those were to this one bill that mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out how to pay otherwise. So recently, I was finally able to go online and automate the very last one that, that you know, now I don't have to sit down and, like, write a check and find an envelope and put a stamp on it and all that stuff. Um, but automating is so good. You can automate everything. You can automate your, you know, hopefully you have a, you work for a business, I'm sure you do, that does direct deposits. So that's automated, right? Then um, what we do is right next to that is we go, okay, first thing that comes out for us is our giving to our church mm-hmm. and to other organizations that we give to. So then that's automated. It just automatically mm-hmm. happens. You know, we set it and we forget it. It doesn't mean that we don't care about it, but it means that if we don't automate it, we're more likely to miss it. And so we don't want to miss that. That's right. We have two sponsor kids in Ecuador yep. that need it's our every monthly month. money. Yep. Yeah, it goes out every month. That's and right. we're super glad about that. Um, you can automate your giving. You can automate your saving, and you mm-hmm. should. I mean, for us, we have certain investments that we make, and those are automated. And then we have one transfer that happens every single week that goes into a savings account. That's for family fun and family trips and that kind of stuff. And that happens. It's automated. You know, that way you're not tempted to go like, oh, should we, shouldn't we? You kind of you make those decisions early, yeah. and the automation manages it. And then, of course, you want to automate all of your bills, even the pesky ones. Um, because again, those, if you miss it, you know, you, you're jeopardizing your credit, um, you're jeopardizing your reputation, and sometimes you're jeopardizing like your family's safety and, and livelihood. Um, so we want to be careful about making sure that we automate everything because for one thing, it saves a ton of time, but it, it just makes it all so much more reliable. And then when you do sit down, nobody has to say, did you pay the electric bill, you know, and, you know, have that whole conversation. So a lot of this is about just setting your priorities in place. You know, it's kind of building on those principles we talked about where it's not it's not uh, ours, it's God's. Mm-hmm. Um, and then having a unified budget. Um, so we hope these things are super helpful. I do have two recommendations for you. One is called Financial Peace University. Mm-hmm. You're probably familiar with it. You've probably heard of Dave Ramsey and, and FPU, they call it. But if not, uh, it's absolute magic. It's, yeah. it's really, really solid. It'll teach you so many great principles about not only how to manage money, how to make more money, you know, how to bless people with the money that you make uh, when your needs are all met. And all this a really, really great program. Uh, and then the second one is, if you're looking for something fresh, we found a lot of help from a program called I Was Broke, Now I'm Not with yeah. Joe Sangle. Mm-hmm. Uh, really fantastic, super simplified tools yeah. like a payoff calculator sheet you can print off and color in on your fridge for a vehicle or things like that. And uh, so if you're looking for some help, those are two great resources, uh, Financial Peace University and I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. But we're just thankful for you being here with us on this episode, and we hope that God continues to build in you a more unified marriage and blesses you financially. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of Marriage Monthly. We want to ask you if you would subscribe yes. to this podcast and share it with three people that you know three. that might also enjoy uh, this content and it might help build their marriage. We are passionate about building healthy, lifelong marriages, and we want to thank you for being part of this podcast.